Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Good morning, friends. Welcome to Everyday Truth. Thanks for joining us uh, for another episode. Got this postcard from Samantha Bell. Samantha, thanks for listening from Wasaga Beach, Ontario, Canada. Look at that picture that she sent of uh, a lake in Ontario. It was my privilege uh, years ago to travel to, uh, what was the name of the lake? Lake Onaping. Uh, I think it was in Ontario, Canada. And we went up, I'm not much of a fisherman, but I went with a a friend by the name of Jack Hicks and he took us to the middle of nowhere. This picture reminds me of that. Just beautiful. We, We didn't see another human being for another week, for a week and just enjoyed that time. I'm not much of, of a fisherman, but boy, to spend time in nature alone like that and spend time with the Lord, it was great. So Samantha, thanks for that great memory for me and for listening to the podcast every day. That sure, sure does mean a lot. We are in Mark chapter 8, and we just talked about last episode, the feeding of the 4,000. So the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000, how Jesus uh, expressed great compassion and authority in that situation. Look at verse number 10 of our text, where the Bible says, and, and straightway. Again, that's kind of our word for the book of Mark. Mark is a book of action, Jesus in action. We see that word straightway and immediately. And straightway, he entered into a ship with his disciples. So after having fed the 4,000, He's on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. That would be the Decapolis side. He gets into a boat with his disciples, and they came into the parts of Dalmanutha. So if you were to look at Dalmanutha, the plain of Dalmanutha on a Bible map, you would find that it's located all the way on the, the western, kind of the northwestern shore of the Sea of Galilee. You know that plain better by the name Magdala. So the plain of Dalmanutha is also Magdala. So Jesus has sailed from the other side all the way to the northwestern side of the Sea of Galilee. Remember, the Sea of Galilee is 13 miles north to south, eight miles at its widest from east to west. So they've made their way from a place in in Decapolis, where Jesus was wildly popular. Remember, he couldn't shut up the people. They were just so excited about the miracles he had done, and and, and he was received so readily. Now, remember, the last time he was in public in the Jewish side of the Sea of Galilee, he had been rejected. He had preached that message in the synagogue of Capernaum, and many of his disciples turned from him and went away. And many of those disciples were those that had been there at the feeding of the 5,000 the day before. So now Jesus is going back. It's been some months since he's been gone. Some great things have happened. He's seen 
the Syrophoenician woman's daughter that was healed. He's seen all these people in Decapolis who have been awed by his ministry. But now he's going back into a Jewish section, and let's find out what kind of reception he gets there. Look at verse number 11. And the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him. Uh, They weren't looking to believe on him. They were still arguing. They were still debating. They were still denying. And they began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. So it wasn't even that they really wanted to be convinced. Uh, They had made up their mind. Jesus is not the Messiah. Uh, They had already argued with him in Capernaum. And now they're saying, well, just show us some kind of a sign from heaven. I mean, after all, that's what uh, Elijah did. Fire came down from heaven. Show us some kind of a sign up in the sky, and then we'll believe on you. But the point here is that they really weren't sincere seekers at all, because the Bible says they were tempting him. Uh, We want a sign from heaven to prove who you are. Now, had not Jesus done enough Were there not enough verifiable and documentable uh, miracles that that could have satisfied uh, these Pharisees? Of course, the answer is no. And much more than miracles, what, what about his message? What about his character? What about the scriptures themselves? But nothing was going to convince these guys. They were just dead set against the ministry of Jesus, probably because Jesus represented a real threat to them and to their authority. Uh, Remember, the common man heard Jesus gladly. Uh, He didn't drone on like the Pharisees and the scribes and the other rabbis that were constantly citing their teaching authority. Jesus just preached the Bible with authority for what it said. Look at what the Bible says now in verse number uh, 12. And he sighed, deeply in his spirit. Interesting. I think an episode or two ago, we talked about Jesus sighing right before he healed the deaf man. Why? Because of, of the ravages of sin and hurt that's come upon people because of sin. Not that the deaf man was, was deaf because of sin, but just the sin curse on this world. And now the Bible says, Jesus sighs deeply. Why? probably because he has presented himself so graciously. He has demonstrated who he is so consistently, and yet people still do not believe. They're still arguing. They're still suspicious of his ministry, and he sighs very deeply. There's nothing that is more burdensome, nothing that's more discouraging, humanly speaking, than not to be understood. You know, here's Jesus with pure compassion, pure love, purity of motive, and yet he's constantly being pushed back and challenged and argued with. And the Bible says he sighs deeply. Uh, and he sighed deeply in his spirit and saith, why? Why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. 
Now, what is very interesting is that in a parallel passage, the Bible says there, are, there shall no sign be given this generation, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. That as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, so Jesus will be in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. And as Jonah came out, so Jesus will come out in the resurrection. The, the point is that the one validating sign of the ministry of Jesus and the best validating sign for the ministry of Jesus is the fact that he rose again. That's why the Bible, the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that God, the Father, hath declared him, Jesus, to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. The greatest sign, the most validating sign to the authenticity of Jesus' message and his ministry was the fact that Jesus rose again. That's the power of the gospel to which the Apostle Paul referred, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. But Jesus here simply sighs and says they want some new miracle, some new a pony show, and I'm not going to give it to them. And he left there. Look at verse number 13. And he left them and entering into the ship departed to the other side. So he's just arrived. He just got there. And what does he face? He faces religious opposition. You know, what's interesting is Magdala, and I was just there last week, Magdala was it was a, a big Jewish settlement. It's the only place in the world where they've discovered two synagogues in one city. That's not to say it's the only city that ever had two synagogues. I'm just saying there's no other place that's been discovered with two synagogues in the same city. It must have been a, a big town, and it was known for its fishing processing plant. It was known for its wealth. So Magdala had everything going for it, except uh, they just didn't have a heart to receive Jesus. You think about who was from Magdala. Well, Mary Magdalene was from Magdala. And yet, what had that town done for her? She was possessed of seven devils. It's almost to say that religion, it, two synagogues, boy, it was a religious place, but could not help Mary. The best religion can do is not good enough. It, it does not have the power to transform lives. And so not only do we see that in the case of Mary, but here, the plains of Dalmanutha, Jesus arrives. He has just fed 4,000 people. They've got the seven baskets of food already there. And yet the, the, the Pharisees refuse to believe upon him. So what is this religious place known for? It's known for powerlessness. Couldn't help Mary. It's known for rejection. Uh, give us a sign. We're not going to believe on you. How sad. Perhaps these are reasons why Jesus sighed so deeply. Now, verse number, well, let's see if we have time. Oh, we don't. Guess what? We're going to stop right there for today. It is verse number 13 that we stopped at. So we'll, we'll pick up verse number 14 next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. 
Until next time, God bless.